Hawkeye Nation, we've got a depth chart. There's some changes to the offensive line that we were not aware of. Tom Allen also spoke to the media about Indiana. What are we expecting from Indiana coming up with Michael Penix Jr.? And also Nebraska loses to Illinois. How much fun is that? We're covering all that on the show today. Let's kick it off. Let's get going right now. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation. Excited to be back for another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and you can see my beautiful face now. On the YouTube channel, this is our first ever live YouTube channel, so very excited about that, or YouTube show, I should say. And again, on today's show, we're going to be breaking down what Tom Allen said about his Indiana squad. We're going to be talking about the Iowa depth chart, and we're also going to be talking about the Nebraska-Illinois game. What did we learn? And honestly, what I learned about Illinois scares me a little bit. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want to remind you that the sports conferences have their own podcast as well so we are here five days a week for an all podcast platforms talking about your iowa hawkeyes but if you are a college football fan we've got you covered here at the lockdown hawkeyes the lockdown podcast network i should say tune into your favorite power five conference whether that's locked on acc locked on big 10 big 12 pac 12 and the sec on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at and let's get into the show today let's kick it off with the depth chart because that is the most important piece we have looked at depth charts for the last four or five months and we are so excited to see what is that starting lineup for the Iowa Hawkeyes as they take the field versus the Annie Hughesers. And for this starting lineup, a couple of interesting things that we saw. First and foremost, let's get into the starting offensive line. That is the area we've been very curious about. We pretty much knew every position in the offense except for the offensive line. And the Kyler Shaw injury did not help that at all. So the opening starting line, as far as we are aware, unless things change over the next couple of days, which they very well could, but I kind of highly doubt it. We put out a new depth chart. I think this is really going to be the starters going into this game. Now, I expect there to be some rotations, especially with some of those younger guys, and if the tackles struggle. But for right now, this is your starting offensive line. We have Jack Plum at the tackle position and Nick DeJong as well. Jack Plum beating out Mason Richmond. And why that's important is that Mason Richmond was the starter on Kids Day. He was the, he was the guy getting all the snaps. And honestly, I felt like he had a higher ceiling. Anyone who's listened to the show knows that I am not a huge fan of Jack Plum. I didn't like what he did last year. So unless he has made substantial strides, which is very possible, I just don't know what to expect from Jack Plum. And I would like to see the high ceiling of Mason Richmond, a four-star recruit, who is now trying to beat out Jack Plum for that tackle position. I've made several references to the fact that if Mason Richmond and Connor Colby were to start this season out, it would very much be like the Larry Jackson, Tristan Wirfs era as well with a redshirt freshman and a true freshman making that starting lineup at the tackle spot and then hopefully being bookends for the Iowa Hawkeyes for three to four years. At the other tackle spot, former walk-on Nick DeJong beats out Connor Colby. That isn't a surprise. Again, high ceiling with Connor Colby, but Nick doing a fantastic job earning a letter last year and a scholarship um, after getting into the game and playing pretty well. Outside of that, the only thing to notice that Justin Britt is officially the starting guard. Now, we knew that he was likely going to be the starting guard, but we weren't officially sure of that, or we haven't had that officially confirmed until we saw this depth chart with Justin Britt, the starting guard. Really excited to see what he can do on the ball field as a full-time starter. Hopefully, he doesn't get injured. Right? I don't want to put it out in the air, but he has had some injury issues. I think as long as he can stay healthy, 
we are going to see that he is going to be a very big time impact at that guard position and not make us forget about Kyler shot, but make us not hurt as much from not having Kyler shot there. Josh Volk, also a redshirt freshman who makes the two deeps. Uh, again, what I see about this offensive line, even on the defensive line, is a ton of youth. So if this line on both sides can come together, this is this really bodes well for the next couple of years. Iowa has a lot of young guys, a lot of very talented young guys, just ready for their opportunity. And you better believe as they have opportunities to do so, Iowa's going to be rotating these guys in and out of the lineup to get them snaps here and there. And also, if they have redshirt availability, maintain that redshirt status as much as they possibly can. At the wide receiver position, I know we're trying to replace Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith. Charlie Jones and Keegan Johnson make the two deeps. And why I say that first is that Tyrone Tracy Jr. and Nico Regani were basically expected to be the starters. Tyrone Tracy Jr. has done nothing to dispel that. Now, again, Nico Regani, I think, has some room for improvement. But nevertheless, he makes the, the starting lineup as the two deeps. And Charlie Jones and Keegan Johnson are on those two deeps as well as the number three and number four receiver. Now, against a team that has not held up well against the run and a very strong secondary, I'm not sure we see a significant amount of four wide receivers in this game versus Indiana. However, it is nice to see Charlie Jones and Keegan Johnson there. And I do expect Arlen Bruce to make a early impression on our Iowa Hawkeye fans, despite not being in that two deeps. Uh, we saw Amir Smith-Marset get the ball a decent amount as a true freshman, just trying to get him some you know, some uh, end arounds and whatnot. Now, Iowa has some good playmakers outside of just Arlen Bruce Jr., but or Arlen Bruce the, the fourth, excuse me. But nevertheless, I expect some, some playtime for Arlen Bruce in this game. And then finally, the last thing I want to say is we do see Ivory Kelly Martin on this list on the two deeps as the number two running back. That was to be expected. We kind of knew he was going to be there. But what I think is important about that, it says how healthy he is. And I do expect him to get between five and seven carries a game. Everyone is really excited about Tyler Goodson, as am I. I love seeing Tyler Goodson run the ball. But Ivory Kelly Martin is a guy to watch out for, a former starter who just lost out to a guy, Makai Sargent, who is now playing for the Tennessee Titans and making a very big impression. He also lost out to Tyler Goodson, who also beat out Makai Sargent, who's an all-Big Ten running back. So, in my opinion, Ivory Kelly Martin, a pretty darn good option B for the Iowa running game, and I expect to see him get five to seven carries in this game. Moving over into the defense, nothing to change here about the secondary. It is set in stone. The only thing I want to point out is Xavier Williams is still not on the two deeps. I do expect that we see him at some point. When that point is, I am honestly not sure. It sounds like he does need to learn the defense a little better. I was not going to just put a guy on the field because they know he's talented. But I do believe as Xavier Williams would not have done this, he will be ready at some point and will be making an impact on the field. The defensive line, nothing really changes. I think just the big observation here is just how young this defensive line is. At the starting defensive tackle spot, YA Black is the starter. Behind him, Logan Lee, a former tight end, and Lucas Van Ness, a former defensive end, who came in at 6'5", 240 pounds. He's now up to 264 pounds, trying to play inside. At the defensive end spot, John Wagner gets the start over Joe Evans. Finally, his time to shine. As a four-star recruit out of West Des Moines Valley, we expected big things out of John Wagner, but as we all know, Kevin Kelvin Bell has done a fantastic job of developing this defensive line to the fact that John Wagner, despite not doing anything wrong, just hasn't had an opportunity to start. Joe Evans, I do expect, will get plenty of snaps, has a lot of snaps over the last two years as a pass rush specialist. I see him doing that again in a, in a big, big passing downs where it's third and long. I do think John Wagner might move inside, and Joe Evans will slide out to be 
kind of like that NASCAR package that we saw happen with AJ Epineza when he would slide inside. John Wagner, a guy who has played inside before, so kind of a natural fit for him. At the defensive end spot on the other side, obviously Zach and Valkenberg is going to be the linchpin there. But Deontay Craig sliding into that number two spot is going to be really exciting. Again, a lot of young guys here, a lot of opportunities for experience. And as long as this defensive line can be average, I expect this overall defense to be phenomenal. And it really comes down to the linebacker group. We know the secondary is going to be super strong. We have high expectations for the linebacker group. And we know the defensive line is going to be a work in progress. That linebacker group did have a little bit of shuffling, though. Jack Campbell is taking over that middle linebacker spot. Seth Benson moving to the weak side linebacker spot. Now, why that is important, It really both those guys are going to be on the field almost all the time together, especially even when Iowa plays you know, their, their cash package. We are still going to have two linebackers on the field, and it will be Seth Benson and Jack Campbell. As we know, Phil Parker wanted to rotate those guys in and out a lot in different positions. So they are very familiar with each, each other's positions, which allows Iowa to be a bit creative with how they utilize both those linebackers. But traditionally, the middle linebacker is going to be the quarterback of the defense. And the weak side linebacker is going to be used more from a blitzing and a coverage responsibility perspective when in those nickel formations. And then on that Leo side, which is basically the equivalent of, equivalent of a strong side linebacker, Justin Jacobs will be matching up on the tight end when he's in the game. And with his athleticism, I do expect that to be a pretty good matchup for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I think that might actually keep them in their base package more often than we typically expect. Then finally, in the special teams arena, Charlie Jones wins the punt return and the kickoff return job. Um, no surprise there after what he was able to do last year. Uh, just a ballsy guy willing to take on basically anything at any time. It was so much fun watching Charlie Jones in the return game. And I'm excited to see him get both punt returns and kick return opportunities as well. We're going to be back in just a second, getting into segment two, but I do want to tell you about sweat block. If you are like me, one of the things I hate is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. It honestly embarrasses the living heck out of me. Now, listen, I know this isn't life and death, but it is embarrassing and if we can fix it, why wouldn't we? And that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, right here, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know that sounds too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone, though, you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock, I tell you. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Let's get into it though, with segment two, talking a little bit about Tom Allen and what he said about his Indiana Hoosiers. And then on segment three, we're going to talk about the Nebraska Illinois game. I wanted to talk about what we learned from that game because honestly, we learned quite a bit. So we're going to be talking about all that on segment two and segment three of the show. One of the things Tom Allen said, he was very complimentary of the Iowa Hawkeyes, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, doesn't, you know, makes a lot of sense. He, a lot of these, a lot of these coaches have a lot of respect for what Kirk Ferentz does and what the Iowa football team can do. But the most important thing that Tom Allen did talk about was Michael Penix Jr. And he said, so I'm very encouraged by his progress and he's right where we hoped he would be. And he's hundred percent ready to be the starter on Saturday. And so that's great. Now, if you listened to our show yesterday with Jack Grossman, you know, we weren't sure how ready Michael Penix Jr. would be. Jury's in, he's ready to roll. Now, why that's important is Michael Penix Jr. was a Heisman Trophy candidate last year until he got injured. Now, his performance, kind of up and down at times, but overall, he has great weapons, and he made big plays when it really mattered, and he can utilize his legs. Now, he did have a lower leg injury, 
However, if he is truly healthy, that is dangerous for Iowa. Now they have to account for Michael Penix Jr. scrambling if they are able to lock down Indiana's weapons, such as Ty Freifogel. So his healthiness is important for Iowa to be aware of, especially as we get into this game. If Michael Penix Jr. does have the ability to scramble, he will be able to. Sounds like he is healthy. Now, a couple of things I thought were really interesting. Again, very complimentary of the Iowa football program from Tom Allen. He said, we're really excited to open our season at Iowa and so much respect for Coach Ferentz and for what he's built at Iowa for so many years and the consistency and such a great program. Great opportunity for this program to play on the road there in Kinnick Stadium. And it's going to be great atmosphere, great to have fans back. And it's going to be a tough and challenging environment to be in without question. And so, but just so much respect for their team as you go through and evaluate them. And he went on to talk a little bit about some of the things he really appreciated. Now, everyone knows Kinnick is going to be one of the toughest stadiums to ever play in. And when you factor in the fact that we haven't seen fans in Kinnick Stadium for two years, it is going to be absolutely rick rocking and bumping there. And I am so pumped for that. Tom Allen knows that. He's excited about it. Now, any coach is going to go up there and say, I'm excited about it. But you better believe it's also kind of a worry back in the back of his mind having his Indiana Hoosier squad go on the road for the very first game of the season against Iowa. He also mentioned how Iowa doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Being in that kind of hostile environment could hurt Indiana into making more mistakes than they typically would. They need to play a clean football game to be able to beat Iowa because Iowa is going to play a clean football game as they traditionally do. He also went on, speaking of a clean football game, Spencer Petras, he had a lot to say about him. He said, the quarterback that I know that played some really good football, especially as the season progressed, and they expect, and we expect him to take that growth opportunity. Like we all did not have a previous spring like he did not, and just a guy that's a highly talented individual that has a big-time arm and a lot of weapons around him. Again, speaking very highly about Iowa's wide receivers, Iowa's tight ends, and Iowa's running backs, people are not sleeping on Spencer Petras. Now, a lot of Iowa fans are a bit concerned. I get it. Spencer Petras struggled last year. He struggled mightily in the first couple games. Iowa, arguably, with an A. Stanley back there, could go 8-0. With Spencer Petras, they go 6-2. Still not bad, but those two losses are really going to sting Iowa fans for a long time, unless Spencer Petras can get it together. Now, I did not realize he was out so long last summer with COVID or COVID precautions. Then you factor in the lack of spring ball. It's starting to add up why he was struggling and why his timing was so off. He has worked so hard this offseason, though, and nothing would make Iowa fans happier than to see him come out and go off against a very, very strong secondary. I don't expect Iowa to come out guns blazing and swinging the, or slinging the ball all over the field, but I do expect them to rely on Spencer Petras and key downs to move the ball and not play it safe as they try to build that confidence up for Spencer Petras in his second season as a starter. And obviously Tom Allen not going to sit there and take the bait of Spencer Petras not being a good time or big time player. He also mentioned defensively just how impressed he is with that team. He said they do such a great job up front and how just disciplined they are. Physicality at the linebacker position, athleticism there. And then the secondary is really where their most experience lies. And many different guys back there played a lot of football. And they just don't make a lot of mistakes. They make you really have to execute at a high level. Again, Michael Penix Jr. coming back for his first game since his injury. This is not an easy test going against one of the best secondaries in the entire nation. And I'm excited to see how Iowa can handle that. Indiana like to go deep. They like to go to Ty Freifogel. Iowa doesn't like to let guys go past them. That is one of the core principles of Phil Parker's defense. He does not want guys going past their defense. They want to play a bend but don't break. They let everyone stay in front of them. They play sound defense. They stay in their gaps. And against Indiana, they're going to need to really be disciplined, especially with Michael Penix Jr. and his running ability. 
He also mentioned special teams sticks out to him as well. He says special teams really jumps out. They were the number one special teams unit in the Big Ten last year overall, and we were actually number two overall. So that's going to be playing a big role in that game, and they're very talented in the return game and at their specialist positions. Again, Ch Caleb Shudok could probably win kicker of the year. Tory Taylor can definitely win punter of the year. Charlie Jones is a threat to take the ball back to the house every single time he touches it. I don't argue with him at all. Special teams is always a big-time facet of Iowa's success, and this year is no different. And Indiana is going to have to play very disciplined uh, special teams and maybe avoid trying to kick the ball to a Charlie Jones if they want to not allow some sort of big play in Kinnick, which will get the momentum just really swinging for the Hawkeyes. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is Indiana struggled in the running attack last year. They bring in a five-star recruit, a former five-star recruit, and Indiana had a lot to say about him. Tom Allen specifically said, I think for him at that position, it becomes pretty obvious. There's no doubt he came here and knew he had to earn it. And I believe that he has. Now, there's a lot of hype coming out of Indiana and what they're going to be able to do from a running game perspective. Last year, again, struggling to run the ball. This year, they have a former five-star recruit. That is a big-time deal. He had a lot of playing time at USC. Sometime playing time, I guess I should say. And now he's at at Indiana, and that is Stephen Carr, a graduate transfer. Expect some big things from him. They're going to try to rely on, the, rely on him running the ball as much as they can to take some of the pressure off Michael Penix Jr. in his first game. And again, against Iowa, you need to be able to run the ball consistently because if you are just sitting back and dropping back and throwing 40 times a game, unless you're Purdue, you're just not going to be successful against the Iowa Hawkeyes. They are going to figure out a way to get pressure on you. They are going to figure out a way to you know stop your wide receivers from getting open. You need to be able to run the ball if you want to be successful against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming up on segment three, we're going to get into the Nebraska-Illinois talk, what we learned about Illinois and why it kind of scares me a little bit. It, I mean, it really does. It, what Illinois did against Nebraska, even if it is Nebraska, does worry me quite a bit. But I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com. Save some time and save some money. Personally, I bought two engineer filters at rockauto.com. Took me less than five minutes from my computer, saved me $50, and it was delivered directly to my door. Why wouldn't you want that? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. Head over to that website or use your mobile device this time today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Or you can also bet on the Cowboys versus Buccaneers opener, season opener. And if you use the promo code NFL100, you will re be refunded up to $25 if either of those teams lose and your wager loses. You'll get refunded up to that much. You can also use the promo code locked on for that 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And again, as we were talking about before we took a break, we want to talk about Nebraska versus Illinois. Now, Illinois beats Nebraska, and what was – 
a closer game than what it actually was. Illinois beats them 30 to 22. In all actuality, it was not that close. Nebraska doing a decent job of coming back towards late, scoring a late touchdown that did get that game a little bit closer with the final two minutes of the game. But Illinois, despite losing Brandon Peters early in the game after only throwing four passes, relies on the rushing attack and a stout defense to take down Nebraska. Now, to be fair, Nebraska made a lot of dumb penalties and a lot of dumb mistakes, which is actually pretty typical of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We are very familiar with Nebraska self-inflicting. They only they had five penalties for 67 yards. Not exactly ideal. They did lose one fumble as well. Again, Nebraska, not exactly the epitome of discipline and structure, which goes back to the fact that we know this about Scott Frost. Adrian Martinez also struggled, 16 of 32. His stats don't look too bad if you look at his yards thrown or the fact that he ran for over 100 yards, but most of that came on a 75-yard touchdown run. And Nebraska's rushing attack, save for Adrian Martinez's run, was atrocious against a solid defense. The only bright spot I would say for Nebraska offensively was Oliver Martin, the much-famed Oliver Martin who played for Michigan, who played for Iowa, and now had six receptions for 103 yards and one touchdown at the University of Nebraska. Honestly, I wish him the best. I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him to be able to continue to work and finally get his opportunity. It seems like he is doing really well. But again, it wasn't enough for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Illinois, though, what I saw about them that scares me, that rushing attack. We knew Brett Belima was going to really rely on that rushing attack. And boy, did he. 48 rushes. They only average three and a half yards per carry, but that's okay if you are disciplined and you keep going back and back and back. 48 rushes. 167 yards, they were pounding the rock with the with the ball. And despite the fact losing Brandon you know, Peters, they had Arter Sikowski, who looked pretty good. Uh, didn't rely on to throw the ball a ton, 12 of 15, 124 yards. I thought his decision-making was pretty good. But again, the Illinois passing attack, only 19 passes. They only had one turnover. And special teams, they absolutely dominated in. Former Big Ten punter of the year, Blake Hayes, outpunted Nebraska's punter by 11 yards per punt. When I look at Illinois' schedule, there's a very good chance they start 4-0. They have UTSA, they have Virginia, and they have Maryland. They could even start 5-1. They have the Charlotte 49ers after they play Purdue. None of those games are impossible. I don't think Illinois is ready to compete for a Big Ten West title this year. But what we're seeing so far does have me a bit concerned about how they can compete going forward. Brett has done a good job of already getting this team ready, and they have a very strong offensive line, good rushers, and some playmakers on the outside, and a good special teams attack. Illinois is a team that we need to be worried about at a certain point in time. I don't think that point in time is now. I think it does depend on whether or not Brandon Peters can return. I am not a big fan of Sikowski. Anytime you were a backup quarterback at Rutgers pre-Graciano, you're probably not that good. So unless Brandon Peters can come back, that does concern me from an Illinois perspective. But what we've learned about this game is Nebraska is the same old Nebraska. And Scott Frost is one more bad loss from getting fired. Brett Belima, great coach, who has already begun showing how Nebraska football is going to be played from here on out. That does do it for our show today. I do want to make sure that if you want to bet on any team besides your, your Hawkeyes, betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. 
Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast app. And thank you all for tuning in. If you're listening to this in podcast form, I love it. I appreciate it. Make sure to go subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast app. If you're watching me on YouTube, thank you for being one of the first people ever to watch an episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast on YouTube. Again, free on all platforms, wherever you get podcasts. Or if you have YouTube available to you, you can find it there as well. If you like the show, give us that five-star review. And again, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the listenership, the support, and now the viewership. Have a phenomenal Tuesday, and let's go Hawks.